Well, praise the Lord. I think there was something else I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. So I guess we'll get into our lesson for tonight and uh, talk to you a little bit uh, about about fear and freedom from fear. Um, I just felt impressed of the Lord to share some things concerning uh, concerning fear. A lot of people dealing with fear today, and uh, so you know, it, I don't I don't believe that that's the will of God for our life. And so I wanted to share some things from a very very familiar passage of Scripture from Psalm ninety one. I know this script this this chapter. And Psalms has been used a lot over the last few weeks during this pandemic. And um, so, but anyway, I want to just, I'm not going to teach on the whole Psalm. I'm just going to touch on some high points, some high spots in this Psalm tonight to encourage you in the Lord. But uh, Psalm 91, everybody knows it. Uh, Most Bible theologians believe that Moses penned the Psalm. We know that Psalm 90 was written by Moses, and uh, most of the commentators feel like that Moses also wrote Psalm 91. That was a psalm that was given to Moses for the children of Israel as they were traveling through the wilderness on their wilderness journeys. All the dangers that they faced in the wilderness and, and the troubles and the fears that, were, that awaited them there, that God gave them this Psalm 91 to give them some, uh, some encouragement, give them an encouragement and, uh, and to free them up from their fears, to let them know that he was there with them and that they didn't have to be afraid on their travels. And you know, we're, we're kindly in that same situation. This world that we're living in is a wilderness and we're on a journey and we're headed to a promised land. And uh, we need to uh, know that the Lord is going to take care of us every single day of our life and uh, so that we don't have to be afraid and don't have to fear anything, anything at any time. You know, Satan, Satan is a terrorist. When you think about terrorism and, and terrorists, Satan is behind all forms of terror and terrorism and, uh, he, you know, he wants, the, the devil would love and wants for everybody to live in constant fear and terror all the time. And it's a, it's a sad thing, but there are a lot of people that do go through their entire life. Every day of their life, they're, they're stricken by different fears, different phobias. I don't know how many different phobias there are, but there are, there are a lot of them. I read a list one time some years ago of all the different phobias. There were phobias and fears of things that I hadn't even ever heard of before. But, uh, but people have fears, and fear that brings torment into an individual life comes from the enemy because he is a fear monger. He is the perpetuator of fear in the lives of individuals. Um, now I'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about the fear of the Lord. There's a different fear when we talk about the fear of God. That's a altogether different fear. But I'm talking about that unhealthy fear, that that fear that uh, that uh, debilitates and destroys and paralyzes our faith. That kind of fear 
that, uh, that John wrote about. And John, in, in his epistle, said that, that fear has torment. And that's the kind of fear that we want to talk about tonight, that God does not want you or does not want me uh, or any of his children to have. Paul referred to it as a spirit. And um, he said there was a spirit. Fear was a spirit. That tormenting fear was a spirit that didn't come from the Lord. And uh, he said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know of anybody, I don't, I don't, you know, read the newspaper much. I'll get the headlines off the internet and stuff, but um, you know, I remember years ago there was a when we used to get the newspaper, there was a there was a column there um, in the newspaper, an advice column by Ann Landers, and I don't know how many of you remember her, but uh, there was Dear Abby, and then there was Ann Landers, and people would ask questions, and she would uh, she would give advice and try to help them through their problems, but. Ann Landers said that, that one, one of the problems that, that people wrote to her more about than any other problem was the problem of fear, fears that they had in their life. And so um, uh, I want us to look at that a little bit tonight and, uh, and uh, from Psalm 91 and see the tremendous, tremendous promises that the Lord has given us here in Psalm 91. I'm just going to read, I think, the first six verses but it says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Now these are important words here that this psalm starts out with. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely, now, when he says that, that means for sure. No guessing here about it. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Look at verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. Notice what he says there in verse number 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, or for the arrow that flies by day. You know... Folks, I tell you, it's, it's time, it's really high time for, for us as believers to declare our freedom from, from fear and from terror today. And uh, make up our mind that we don't have, God does not want us to be, to be, to live our lives under that bondage and under that spirit of fear. And as I said, I'm talking about that, that spirit that's an unhealthy fear that causes torment in our life. And Psalm 91 teaches us, teaches us several things, but uh, one of the main things that is taught in this psalm is that no matter how dark the hour may be, we can stand up and we can boldly say, I will not fear. I will not fear. 
many, many times, over and over and over and over again throughout the Word of God. Those words, fear not, do not be afraid, uh, you know, uh, do not be dismayed. All uh, uh, God is, is telling us over and over in His Word not to fear or not to be afraid of anything. And as a child of God, we really don't have any business being afraid. Amen. So uh, I want to look at three things that we need to do to be free from fear that is found here in this, in this 91st Psalm. And the first one is to discover the secret place. We need to discover the secret place. Um, you remember as a kid growing up, did anybody, as a kid growing up, did you ever, did you ever have a, a secret hiding place when you were a kid where you would go and uh, kindly hide out? Maybe you was hiding, maybe you done something wrong, you was hiding from mom and dad, I don't know, but um, you know, we, we all need that. And I, I remember, you know, as a kid, as a kid, uh, we would, we would actually, you know, I'll tell you how old I am. When I was a kid, we actually played outside. And uh, we, I mean, till dark, and then uh, we would uh, we'd play hide and seek. You know, uh, uh, the neighborhood kids would get together. We didn't have video games. We didn't lock ourselves in a room. We didn't isolate ourselves and all that. And play on the internet and stuff. We didn't have all of that. And so we actually went outside and played all day for in the summertime. From the time we got up in the morning till till bedtime, we were we were outside playing. But we would play hide and seek, and we would play flashlight tag and things after dark. But you know, when you're playing hide and seek, you know, you always had that place you thought was the best place to go. The place where you could hide, where you knew that nobody was going to find you there. Amen. And, and if you had a good enough place, nobody, nobody would find you. And you wouldn't let anybody know where that secret place was at, that secret hiding place was at. Amen. But you know what? We all need some sort of a refuge and a hiding place, a getaway, a, a kind of a place of security and safety. And, uh, you know, you say, now I'm, not, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about a storm cellar or a, uh, some kind of a, a safe room to hide from when you're afraid. But uh, I'm talking about a place, a secret place that we do have. You do have a hiding place. You do have a secret place. And the secret place is, is, is right here in Psalm 91 where he said to abide in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, to abide. What, what is that secret place? Or I guess I should say, who is that secret place? The secret place of the Most High is not a physical place that we go to, but the secret place that the Scripture's talking about is hiding in the rock of ages, hiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, our lives being in Christ Jesus. And that happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you get saved, when you get born again, God places you, places you. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, God the Father places you in his son, Jesus. The Bible says that our life is hid. Paul said it in Colossians, that our life is hid with Christ in God. So Jesus being, you know, it starts off here with being saved, with being born again, with placing your faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work at Calvary and being, a, being in him. Now listen, being in him, and then here's the key, 
abiding in him and dwelling in him. Now, there's something about these promises. These are all good promises here in in Psalm 91, but these promises are not for everybody. Somebody say, what do you mean, Brother Rick? They're not for everybody. Well, they're only for those. These promises here are only for those who are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, some folks... some folks are, are kind of in and out. They're, 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 they're in Christ for a while and they're in church good for a while and they serve the Lord for a while. And man, you really think they're going to get in there and do good. And the next thing you know, they're back out again. And then they're back in and then they're back out. See, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm glad to see people come back to the Lord and then they get out. I, I'm glad to see them come back. But you know, that's not the way your spiritual existence should be. You need to get saved, give your heart to Jesus, dedicate yourself and consecrate yourself to the Lord and abide in Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's more, you know, being saved and being a Christian is more than just making a one-time profession, coming to an altar somewhere and uh, are walking an aisle and shaking a preacher's hand and making a profession of faith and then just going out and, and, and still claiming to be a Christian and never darken the door of a church, or not living for the Lord. I mean, we've got to abide in Him. Amen. And uh, Jesus talked about that in the 15th chapter of John's gospel when he talked about him being the, 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 true, the true vine and, and, and we being the branches. And uh, he talked about that. The only way that we can be fruitful for the Lord and accomplish anything for the Lord is that we have to stay connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. We got to stay connected to the vine and abiding in him. And so those two words here in Psalm 91 are very important. Abiding and dwelling. He that dwells and he that abides. You know what it means to dwell and abide. It means that you're stationary, that you stay put. Amen. And so that's the way that it should be. God, God wants us to be stable. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, there's some folks today, a lot of folks that just give God weekend visits. But I'm going to tell you, he doesn't want weekend visits. He wants full custody. He wants full control and custody of your life. So if you want to have real freedom from that tyrant called the devil, and you want to have freedom from fear, then you need to find the secret place, the Lord Jesus Christ, and place your faith in him, get planted in Christ, and abide in him, and dwell in him, amen, abide under the shadow. When you're in Christ Jesus, and you stay in Christ Jesus, you are, you come under the shadow of the Almighty God. Now, I've talked about this a few weeks ago. I think I brought this up and mentioned it maybe that, uh, you know, we talk about different ones, talk about who's your covering, a certain church is your covering, or a certain denomination is your covering, or a certain preacher or ministry is your covering. But no, 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 no. I, you know, my covering today 
is the Lord Jesus Christ is my covering. The shadow of the Almighty God is my covering. Amen. I'm, I, he's, he's covering me with his wings and with his feathers. It's, you know, it's a picture of a, of a, of a mama bird or, or, or a hen that will take her wings and gather her chicks underneath when there's a storm coming over or when there's a, when there's a hawk circling, or when there's danger there, and that mother will cover those little chicks with her wings and they're safe under her protection. Can I tell you something tonight? That Jesus Christ has got you covered. I said if you're saved and you're abiding and dwelling in Him, He's got you covered. Praise God. That's shouting ground right there. You remember when, um, I don't know, this just came to me, so I'll just throw it out there, but you remember when when the spies went into Jericho and they went to Ahab and, I'm sorry, to Rahab, and Rahab hid the spies and uh, she wanted mercy for her family. She believed in God and and uh, so remember those spies told her, said, okay, so, you know, said, you, you get your family together. You hang this scarlet cord out the window. And when we come to destroy the city, you stay, you get in your house, hang the scarlet cord out and stay in your house. You'll only be protected as long as you're in your house. We're not responsible for you if you get outside the house. And it was the same way, it was the same way in Egypt when um, when the children of Israel, the night the death angel, the night of the Passover, when the death angel was coming through the land and um, all the firstborn were going to die, they put the blood over the doorposts. They got in the house and, and that was one of the instructions the Lord said, don't get outside that house. What were they doing? They were dwelling. They were abiding. They were staying right there under the blood. Praise God. It, you, you know, you got to have the blood applied to your life. You've got to get in Christ Jesus and be in Christ, but your faith has got to remain in him and you've got to abide in him and dwell in him. Amen. Well, I didn't really intend on saying all of that, but I felt that I feel like that somebody, I guess, needed to hear that. Listen, if you've, if you've been saved and you've been living for the Lord and maybe you've drifted away, maybe you've got out of the will of the Lord and you're not dwelling in that secret place today as you one time were, I want to encourage you, come on back to Jesus. He's right there to take you back. You might say, well, Brother Rick, I've tried and failed and tried and failed. Come on back. Praise God. He'll pick you back up. He'll wash you off. He'll dust you off. He'll put you back. He'll put you back in Jesus Christ, and he will help you to stay true and faithful to the Lord. Amen. So get under the shadow. Listen, you gotta be, you gotta be really close to somebody to be under their shadow. You know, we're and so it's the same way with the Lord. I mean, if you want to get under the shadow of a tree, you got to be close to the tree. And it's the same way with the Lord. If you want to be under the shadow of his covering, you have to be close to him. Amen. You, you can't practice social distancing with God. I think I mentioned that Wednesday night. You're not to social distance from the Holy Ghost, from the Lord Jesus, from God the Father. You need to be close to them as you can be. That's how you're going to be free from the bondage of fear in your life is by dwelling in Him and being covered by His wings. Amen? It is a secret place 
that secret place in Christ that is that place of protection for you where the devil cannot the devil cannot uh, destroy you he cannot find you he cannot get to you that amen because you're under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ satan cannot touch your soul he can't touch your spirit praise god we need to rise up today church and claim his protection in our life today God has got you covered. I said God has got you covered. Amen. People take out insurance policies for everything. You got car insurance and homeowners insurance and health insurance and all kinds of insurance that our money goes to. Why? So we have, we want to make sure that whatever comes our way, we're covered. You know what I mean? If you have a fender bender, are you covered? If you, if your house burns, are you covered? Amen. If you get some kind of a sickness and have to go to the hospital, are you covered? Do you have coverage? Well, I'm going to tell you something today. I want to declare I'm covered today. Covered, praise God, by the blood of Jesus. Covered by the, by the wings of God Almighty. Under his canopy. Under his shelter. Praise the Lord. Amen. He is our covering today. So get in, Jesus. He's the secret place of the Most High and dwell with Him. So we need to uh, discover the secret place, but secondly, we need to enjoy the sacred place. Now there's something about this secret place that makes it a sacred place. And uh, the secret place is a sacred place because to be in Christ is to be in the very holy place or the holy of holies. You remember in the Old Testament, the... Um, the tabernacle in the wilderness there, and the tabernacle was, was set up there in the wilderness. And um, I don't have time to go through all of it, but there was the, the, um, the open court where there was the brazen altar and the laver. And then there was the, uh, uh, the holy, the tabernacle itself, which the first part of the tabernacle was the holy place. There was the, the candlestick was in there and uh, the altar of incense was in there and the table of showbread was in there and all of, all of the furnishings of that tabernacle pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. But then there was the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And behind that veil was the Ark of the Covenant that was placed there and inside that ark was, was the, ta the tables of stone, the, the commandments that God had given to Moses on, the, uh, on, the, on Mount Sinai. And there was a pot of manna in there and Aaron's rod that budded. Those three items were in that, um, in that uh, ark of the covenant. And on top of that ark was the mercy seat with the cherubim. I said I wasn't going to explain all that, get into all that, but I did. But anyway, um, the high priest, that nobody could go in that Holy of Holies. The Levites couldn't go in. I mean, they could work in the other areas of the, of the tabernacle and in the worship. They could work with the sacrifices, but nobody could go in that holy place. It was in that Holy of Holies where the Shekinah glory of God dwelt over um, the cherubim, over that mercy seat. And no one could go in there except for the high priest. 
And the high priest couldn't even go in there um, at just any time he wanted. Well, I'm just going to go into the Holy of Holies today. I feel like going in and hanging out around, around the Ark of the Covenant. Couldn't do that. Only one time a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement, one time a year, that, um, that high priest would offer sacrifice for his own sins first, and then he would offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people of Israel, and he would take the blood of that sacrifice, oh, hallelujah, which all was a type of the cross and a type of Jesus and what he would do for us. And he would take the blood of that sacrifice in that basin, and he would go into, enter into that holy of holies, and he would, he would take the blood and, and sprinkle that blood um, on the mercy seat of that Ark of the Covenant to make atonement for the sins of Israel once a year. He had to, and it had to be repeated every year. And that was the only time that he could go in there. And that's the, that's, that's, that was the secret place. That was the sacred place. That was the place of God's presence and the place of God's glory. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You can go into the Holy of Holies today, into the secret place, into that sacred place just any time because it's altogether different now. It's not about a priesthood and uh, uh, the priesthood of Aaron. It's not about the Levitical order. But praise God, we have we have a high priest today after the order of Melchizedek. We have Jesus Christ as our great high priest. And something took place at Calvary when the Lord Jesus Christ died. And he bowed his head and he said, it is finished. When he died, you know what happened. The Bible says that the veil of that temple that covered that, that, that uh, in the temple of, of, of Solomon, that veil was torn apart and rent from the top to the bottom, opening up that holy place, opening up that secret place, opening up that sacred place. You know what that was saying? That was saying that because of the shed blood of Jesus and his death on the cross, that uh, that that God was no longer going to dwell behind that that veil in that holy place, but the presence of God now was going to live inside the heart and life of everyone who would make Jesus the Lord of their life. Not only that, but it also meant that there was no uh, uh, there was open access now for anybody whosoever will, not just a high priest one day of the year, but for anybody and everybody that would accept the blood sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, to come into that sacred place and to fellowship with God and to worship God and to commune with the Heavenly Father. Praise God. Listen, every time you go to the Lord in prayer, you're going in prayer you're going in prayer, glory to God, and because of the blood of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews says that we can go into the holy place, into the holy of holies, and fellowship with the Lord with boldness and with confidence. Oh, praise God. You need to, you need to get in that secret place. Get in that sacred place. Get in there where you need to be with Jesus, and He will keep you, and He will protect you. There's no fear in Him Perfect love casts out all that fear. Praise God. Amen. That veil was rent. 
That veil was a picture, you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. There was, uh, that veil was, uh, there was, there were four different colors that uh, the veil was made of. If you'll study that, it was, it was made of white linen. It had blue, it had crimson, red, and purple. And every one of those colors uh, was a picture of Christ. The white linen was a picture of his purity and his spotless, perfect, pure life. The blue was the color of the sky showing that the Son of God would come down to earth from heaven. Of course, the crimson red color of that veil was a, was a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ that would be shed. It was a picture of his, of his humanity and the blood that would be shed for the redemption of mankind. And then the purple that was there in that veil was a was a color of royalty and and represented the fact that he was heaven's king that was going to come and take on the form of a servant to redeem mankind listen to me ladies and gentlemen when that when Jesus body when it was put on that cross and when it was it when the blood was shed and he gave his life his body was that veil that that opened up the way for you and I to be in that sacred place with Him. Amen. Oh, thank God for salvation. So a life without fear is yours when you dwell in the secret place of the Most High and you enjoy the sacred place of being a child of God and being in Him. Re recognizing, realizing who you are in Jesus Christ and what you have in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. So number three, and let me close this out. Rest, uh, you're to uh, enjoy that sacred place. Get in that secret place. But then when you're, listen, when you're in the secret place, enjoying and resting in the sacred place, you are also in a safe place. It's the safe place to be in Christ. He said in verse number two, Amen. We're, sti we're still here, and I'm going to close out with this. In verse number two, he said, I will say of the Lord, let me read one and two, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Notice what he said, that when we're in that secret place, we're in God, dwelling in Him, then that makes the Lord our refuge and our fortress. He said that's what we need to declare. That's what we need to say of the Lord, that he is. Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. My faith is in you. And so when you look at a fortress, we all know what a fortress is. Uh, and when you look at a fortress, there are, there are some things about a fortress that make it that make it a, a safe place. And God is our fortress. Jesus Christ, being in him, he is our refuge, our hiding place, and our fortress. 
from the devil, from the powers of darkness. Listen, I've told you this before, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. This whole world lies in wickedness, but the Lord has, has delivered us from the powers of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. But there's some things about a fortress, and I want us to look at a fortress uh, real quick, God as our fortress, because there's some things that this scripture tells us about the fortress that we are in, in Christ. And, the, and, it, and we see it in the four names of God that are listed here in this verse. There are four names that the writer of this psalm gives uh, and uses here for God. He calls him the Most High, the Almighty, the Lord, and God. Four different names, four different Hebrew names that were given there for God as our fortress. And these four names describe God as our fortress. And in these four names are four things that are necessary for a fortress. And they're all found in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to come unglued here just thinking about this. Notice number one, and I'll give them to you as quick as I can. Number one, the situation of our fortress. And this is, this is the name, the Most High. He said that the Most High, I, I, he, he uses the name, the Most High God. And that, that name, that Hebrew name, the Most High, is the, is the name El Elyon. El Elyon. And that name of God means the possessor of heaven and earth. We find it used first uh, uh, in, in reference, I think, to, uh, to Abraham and uh, his meeting with Melchizedek, but you can look that up later. But anyway, um, it, it means the possessor of heaven and earth. That means that God, our heavenly Father, your Father God, the Most High God, it means that He possesses everything. Everything, he owns everything. You know, the psalmist said in one place that he owns the cattle on, the thal uh, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. He owns all the gold, all the silver. He's the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And so he owns everything, and everything is beneath him and under his feet. Listen, if he's the most high God, then he's highest of all. And there's nothing else that can top him or overcome him. He's higher than anything. That's your God that I'm talking about. That's our God that I'm talking about. That means that, that, that everything is under his feet. And that is biblical and scriptural because the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrection, in his exaltation, his ascension, the Lord God has put everything under his feet. Let me tell you something tonight, ladies and gentlemen. If you are in Christ Jesus positionally and you are in him tonight your, and he's your fortress, your fortress is the highest place that you can be. You are seated with him and the Bible says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. The highest place is the safest place. The highest place is above the storms of life. The highest place is above all the problems of life. The highest place, and let me tell you, you can't get any higher tonight than being in Jesus Christ. For He is above all. He is greater than all. 
praise God, nothing is more high uh, is higher than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. His name is above every name. God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you are seated there with him. Read Ephesians chapter 1. Study that chapter. Amen. And you'll see uh, that I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Notice this in verse number 14 of this psalm. It says that he is, because he has set in his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Notice that the Lord said, those who believe in him, who love him, who abide in him, God said, I'll set them on high. Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, when we were, even when we were dead, in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ and hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where you as a believer are positionally in Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Well, praise God. That's, sh that's shouting ground tonight. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that he's your fortress and he's the, uh, the, the most high God. And if you're in him, there's nothing to fear. We're safe in our fortress. We're above the enemy and the devil is under the feet of Jesus. And if you're in him, Satan is under your feet as well. Praise God. There's victory in Jesus. He even said that in the 13th verse of that psalm, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. That's saying that there's total victory over the powers of darkness when you are in Christ in the secret place and God, the most high God is your fortress and your refuge. Well, praise the Lord. So glory to God. So secondly, there's the sufficiency of the fortress. See, a fortress, if you're going to be inside a fortress and um, a place where the enemy can't get to you, that fortress has got to be self-contained. In other words, you've got to have everything on the inside of that fortress that you're going to need to survive. Well, the, the next name that is given there in verse number two, he says that he shall, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So there he uses the name, gives the name the Almighty. Well, in the Hebrew, that name Almighty is Shaddai or El Shaddai. And it means, it means the all-powerful, the all-sufficient one. It means the God who is more than enough. That's what Shaddai means. The God who is all-sufficient and he is more than enough. Uh, we, uh, we used to sing a song. I haven't sang it in quite a while, but you might remember that, that chorus, that song that says, My God is more than enough. He supplies all my need. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Let me tell you something, folks. There's nothing... 
nothing to fear tonight. If 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 the Almighty God, if uh, if El Shaddai, if Jehovah Jireh is your fortress tonight, He's going to take care of you and everything that you have need of. He will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. He's a good God. He's your Father. And if you'll abide in Him, you will be protected, cared for, and provided for. That's the sufficiency of the fortress. But number three, the stability of our fortress. He uses the the next name of God and he says, I will say of the Lord. There he uses the name Lord, which in the Hebrew is the name Jehovah or Yahweh. And that name Jehovah or Yahweh, it means the great I am. And it speaks of the stability of the fortress. This is the name, talked about it this morning in a little bit in my message this morning. Um, this is the name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. I think for a minute there this morning I had Abraham at the burning bush, but I think everybody knew who I was talking about. But anyway, this was the name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush when he said, I am that I am. And just like I said the mo- this morning, this is the God, this Uh, Jehovah or Yahweh, the great I am. He's the God that never had a beginning. He never has an ending. He always was. He always is. And he always will be. He is forever and forever. From everlasting to everlasting. And as we preach this morning, he will never change. That is your, that's your fortress. That's your fortress today. The stability of that fortress to know that he was God. He's, he was God. Listen to me. He was God before COVID-19 ever was ever heard of and he'll still be God long after COVID-19 is gone and forgotten about. Amen. He is still the great I am. And if you need provision or you need healing or you need blessing or you need victory, he is the I am. I said it this morning. He's not the I was or I will be. He's the right now God. I am that I am. And he is everything you need. All that you need is in the fortress. Your your provision is in the fortress. Your stability is in the fortress. Your sufficiency is in the fortress. Praise God. He is your God tonight. Amen. That's why the psalmist said there in verse number 5, you shall not be afraid. Why? Because you're abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Jesus is the Lord of your life and He is your fortress. Well, praise God. And last of all, the security of the fortress. And He uses there in verse number 2, the name for God. He says, my God. He said, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And there he uses the name God, and it's the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim. That's the, 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 uh, the name for God that was used in Genesis 1.1, where it said, In the beginning, God, or Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And that name for God, Elohim, as the Creator, He is revealing Himself there as being all-powerful. That there's nothing that He cannot do. There's nothing too hard for Him. Listen, 
Elohim spoke these worlds into existence, ladies and gentlemen. Elohim formed your body from the dust of the earth and breathed into you and made you a living soul. Elohim hung the stars in their in 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 their and the planets in their orbits today. I'm talking about a God that can do anything. If he made this earth, if he made you, if he created you, if he formed you, then he's able to take care of you. He's able to heal you. He's able to do anything because He's Elohim. He's God. He's the Almighty. Hallelujah. We have a fortress that offers us and provides us the protection that we need. Praise God for that fortress. Amen. What do we have to fear if we're abiding in Him and living in Him and dwelling in Him, the secret place of the Most High God. Amen. The rest of Psalm 91 lists the protection that we have in dwelling in this mighty fortress, in this secret, in this sacred place, in Jesus Christ. In verse 3, it tells us that we will have protection from deception because he says he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. In verse 5, it says that we would have protection from death because he said you'll not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. In verse number 7, it says that we can be free from fear of destruction and we've, because he's our protection from destruction. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it will not come near you. In verse number 10, he says that we can have protection from disease. I mean, that's what he says here. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. That's saying that your fortress, your God, can protect you and will protect you from disease. Verse number 12 says that there's protection and victory over disaster and from disaster. Verse 12, his, that His angels, He'll give His angels charge over you to bear you up and they'll keep you in your ways lest you would dash your foot against a stone. That's protection from disaster. And then in verse 13, He tells us there's protection in our fortress from devils and from demons and from spiritual darkness and the minions of hell because he said you'll tread upon the lion and upon the adder. Now, I already mentioned that verse but that's deliverance from demons and devils. Jesus himself in Luke 10, 19 said there that he said, he said behold I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's time that we raise up and we claim those promises and we believe the Bible and we banish the fears in our life and we get in Jesus and we abide in that fortress and let God be God in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I've preached myself happy again. The psalmist is saying that when you discover the secret place and you abide in the sacred place, that you'll find that that is the safest place. That is what he's saying. Amen? That is what he's saying. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what the future holds for America, and I don't think anybody else does. I don't know what the long-term ramifications of COVID-19, this pandemic, everything, I don't know 
what all is going to come of that. But I do know that you can't just believe everything that's coming uh, from the uh, from the from the mainstream media. You just can't do that. There's there's something there's 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 a word that that uh, well you know that trumps and excuse the pun but that trumps what the mainstream media says and that's this book right here that's this bible and we must believe the bible i'm not talking about being presumptuous i'm not talking about acting foolishly but i am talking about believing god and believing his word and not living our life in fear or terror you know uh, after 911 if you'll remember, there was fear then, and there was a, a fear and a terror in people's hearts for quite some time after 9-11. Many people afraid to get on airplanes, afraid to fly. And there was a lot of changes that took place in America after, after the 9-11 uh, uh, incident with the Twin Towers. But uh, listen to me, folks. We, we got we to gotta, we gotta believe the Word of God and trust in our Father and keep ourselves abiding in Christ and not live under fear, not live under that terror. God doesn't want that for our life. And so I don't know what, what, what the future holds for America, but I do know this. I do know that I belong to God, that my life is hid with Christ in God. I do know that, and I do know that He is my fortress. He is my God, and I declare that today with the psalmist, I declare that with the writer of this psalm that I am his. The old song, the old hymn says, I don't know, I, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. Praise God. But it went on to say, I, I, I know, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. See, listen, I know who holds tomorrow. Jesus does. And he's, he's got me. He's going to take care of me. All things. He's going to work all things together for good in my life. Because I've given myself to him. I've committed my life to him. And I would encourage you to do the same thing tonight. If you're living a life of fear and terror. If you're tormented by fear. That is not the will of God for your life. Jesus wants to set you free. And liberate you from that tonight. Amen. Let me say, let me just pray a prayer tonight. I just want to pray for everybody that may be online watching tonight. I hope this little study was a blessing to you in some way and encouraged your faith. But let's pray together tonight. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And I lift up uh, those who are watching and listening to this message tonight. Lord, I know there are those out there that uh, many of your people that are that are that are struggling with their fears today, that are that are just that are living under that fear. It's one thing to be cautious, but it's another thing to live under fear. And Father, we pray for them that you would loose everyone from that fear, that you would break that bond of fear. I pray for those tonight, Lord, who are 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 uh, have not have not place their faith in Jesus Christ, that they would abide in that secret place, that they'd come to that secret place, that they will come to Jesus tonight, and that you will plant them and place them in that holy place with you. Have your way in every heart and life. I pray your blessing upon your churches today. We're asking you, Lord, 
for a great move of God when we come back together, that you'll have your way in our churches, that you'll have your way in our nation, that your will will be done in the United States of America. But help us all that we will trust in you every day of our life and not be afraid. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.